Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So that was interesting. The Bears losing overtime to Miami. 31-28 in OT down in Miami. Hey, welcome in to the House of L podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes with your Bears breakdown. Today, I am coming to you live. Well, not live because you're listening on tape. But I'm coming to you live from the kitchen today. I wanted to rush home and wanted to talk to you about the game, but I also wanted to get home. And I figure there's going to be a lot of people that have thoughts. And I'm going to take some of your tweets at me. I threw it out as I was walking back to the car to talk about this loss. Here's what's weird about this particular game. I thought the Bears were going to win. And I don't mean going into the game. Going into the game, I thought the Bears had a really good chance to win. And then Tannehill gets hurt and you think, oh, they really have a chance to win against Brock Osweiler. Even as the game was going on and we get down to the end of the game, I felt like the Bears were going to win, which I think for them, at least as far as my opinion goes, that is a step in the right direction, a major step in the right direction for them. Because how many times have you felt like the Bears would lose a game like that instead of winning a game like that? That's not to say that I don't have a lot of questions. And it's funny because that's what was going on in my head. I was thinking this is the best type of game for someone who does what I do for a living. The team wins, so people are happy and they want to engage with you about what you saw or what you heard or what you thought about the game. But there's still a lot of stuff that you could dig and sift through. So for someone who loves to talk about football, this was fantastic. Like this was, I'm sitting there going, oh, they're going to win and we can talk about Trubisky and we can talk about the good and the bad of Mitchell Trubisky in this game. We can talk about that defense a little bit if we want. And they ended up losing the game. Where would you like for me to start? You want me to start with the bad? Let me start with some bad. Here's what truly bothered me. If if your issue is coaching on NBC Sports Chicago, we threw up a poll and there were like 50,000 people who voted in the poll, which is crazy. But 61% of them, when we locked it, 61% of them said coaching was the biggest issue. Okay. I do have a couple of issues with Nagy. I think that the way that he handled the end of the fourth quarter is worth examining. I don't know if I want to totally crush him for it, but it's worth examining because I was sitting there going, he's letting a lot of time slip away here at the end of the fourth quarter. And I'm sitting there going, shouldn't he be using his timeouts and not let Miami just kind of bleed this thing out? So I kept thinking about that. And, and here's the sequence. The sequence is Dolphins with the ball, first and 10 on the Bears, 45. Osweiler, incomplete. So they help you out. 
Second and 10 on the Bears 45 shotgun. He hits Wilson for no gain. Third and 10, Osweiler with a short pass and gets the ball to the 41. And I'm sitting there like, why isn't why isn't Nagy calling the timeout? The timeout happened with 41 seconds left. They burned a lot of time, like 13, 14 seconds off the clock before they made their decision. And I'm okay with pushing Miami into a decision of, do we kick the 58-yard field goal here now that they've given us an opportunity to, to, to take this time out? I just wish that there were more seconds on the clock, that the Bears would have had more time in that situation. Now, the punt happens, and you're on the seven, so there's really nothing to do but to kneel down. But I just didn't think that he handled it particularly well. Not that it necessarily cost them the game. I just was expecting him to be more efficient with the time, and he wasn't. In overtime, I thought the third down call in OT was really conservative, and it surprised me. I'm not saying that you run five wide on on that the third down. I'm just saying on on third and four, even though I'm a, a proponent of giving Jordan Howard the ball, I would have liked to have seen them at least try a safe type pass. Now Nagy got mad when he was asked about that, like, oh, you know, if I'd have done it that way and Mitchell gets sacked, you'd be asking me about that. Yeah, but a lot of us were first guessing, too, and my tweet is time-stamped on that, so you can hear me questioning you on it. I'm not saying that you run... Like, I'm, I'm saying that you run a, a hook route or you, you have a one-read situation where if Mitch doesn't like the look, then he can throw the ball away, and you're basically in the same spot as you were before. And the play went for no gain. The run play went for no game. I just thought it was a little conservative. Now, I'm not sure if that means anything. I just thought it was a little bit conservative. There's another coaching point that I want to discuss, but not before I tell you that our podcast today is being brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. As I'm recording this, the Wolves are playing against the hated Milwaukee Admirals. So I wish maybe by the end of the pot I can give you a final score. But congratulations to them for starting up a new season at home. And it's good to have Wolves hockey. And I promise you I will get get out there to a game before the season ends. And I'm looking forward to that. And Superhero Night is December 29th. I know people who listen to this podcast, that's what we're all about here. We love it. So the other coaching issue that I had is the first half. It's not anything specific. It's just you had two weeks to prepare. And your offense, which is what we're spending a lot of time giving a lot of bouquets and kudos to, scored zero points in the first half. How does your team come out flat in the first half like that? Now, there were a couple of players who made mention of it. It may have even been Taylor Gabriel who said that the buy was coming at the absolute worst time. And I think this is what he was talking about, that you have a nice thing going, you're feeling great, it would be great to turn that around and then just go out and play the next week. But they had some time to wait. They had some time to heal up and do whatever. 
it wasn't that the Bears played poorly necessarily in this game. It's a quirky game. I found it to be really entertaining. Even though the Bears lost, I thought it was one of those games that kept your attention the whole time because you weren't quite sure what was going to happen and how all this stuff was going to gonna go. And you see Brock Osweiler go out there yet again. This guy loves to see the Bears. When you look at his games against the Bears, he looks like a really solid quarterback. And his games against everybody else, not so much. But Osweiler did enough. He did enough to make things happen. His numbers for the game, if you were curious. 28 of 44, 380 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, a a passer rating of 94.9. Had a touchdown of 75 yards, which was, you know, that was all Wilson, who was really impressive in this game, too with six catches for 155 yards, and he had two of the touchdowns. He was a big reason why they were able to get themselves back in the game. Albert Wilson went out there and did work. The Bears gave up 161 rushing yards. They came in as the top rushing defense in the league. They allowed Miami to average 5.2 yards per carry, and most of that was done by Frank Gore. Gore had 101 yards on the ground, averaged almost seven yards a carry. I'm shocked they didn't give the ball to him on the goal line. They gave it to Kenyon Drake, and it almost cost him because he fumbled in the game. I'm absolutely shocked by that. But Mitchell Trubisky, I thought, played well. I know you're sitting there going, whoa, you're shocked. That I'm saying that. I did. I thought he played well. There there was some growth in him as a quarterback. There was also some questionable stuff. The interception in the red zone, you can't do it. You just cannot. In the first half, they couldn't really get anything going. He made some questionable decisions. Where I think you should be happy if you're a Bears fan is in the fact that he was able to pull himself together Nagy was able, he and Mark Helfridge were able to pull it together in the second half, and that offense came out and did what they did. They were able to move the ball. They scored with 21 points in eight minutes or whatever it was. That's quick strike, and, and, and guys making good decisions and good plays, and you're helped out by a turnover, which is great. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to make teams pay. Tariq Cohen had a crazy game. Six yards a carry, also caught seven passes, but comes up with a big fumble. It's Jordan Howard fumbled. So a sloppy game all the way around. Both teams, you have goal line fumbles by both teams. Stuff like that is not necessarily supposed to happen. But, But it was entertaining, and I think it's cool that You saw some really good stuff from Trubisky in this game. Some good throws. The back shoulder throw that he made to Allen Robinson. That was a baller throw by him. That's big time. There were a couple throws to Taylor Gabriel I thought were good. There were some throws where you go, what are you doing? Where he's throwing into the middle of the field or he doesn't see a safety. Like the interception in the end zone 
looks like he's throwing the ball to the safety. And I know that he's got a wide receiver that he thinks is running open, and he said he didn't see the safety. Those are things as you're making your way back across the progression, you have to know to throw that ball away that it's probably a little too good to be true and throw the ball away. And he didn't do it. He, He threw it in there in the red zone after being backed up. And that that's the point where I think the game changes because if you, if you get three there and you make it 24 to 13, you've probably crushed their spirit, but that turnover takes points away from you and allows them to feel some confidence. And then Brock Osweiler is able to turn that around fairly quickly and and they score. But I do think that, if you're a supporter of Mitchell Trubisky, there was some stuff there where you go, okay, I can see some things. I can see some things. I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a convert at this point when it comes to Mitchell. I'm still very skeptical. But even for someone like me who's skeptical of what he is, I think you'd be foolish to not say that there were some really cool things that he did in this game. And maybe it gives you an opportunity to, to hope a little bit. That being said, I said this on on Friday on the air, on the score. I thought that this was the biggest game of the season. Now, granted, this is game number five. But here's the reason why. I th- Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I was so big. You win that game. You're four and one. No matter what happens with the Vikings, and they've already won, no matter what happens on Monday night with Green Bay, you're in a great position. They're still chasing you. And you don't feel terrible if you lose the game next weekend to Tom Brady and the Patriots. You've put yourself in an incredible position to, if you win it, then the sky's the limit to what you can be. If you lose the game, we're still 4-2. and two. We're still in control of this division. But now you have a horrible loss to the Dolphins that feel like the loss feels terrible. Even with all the good things that I'm telling you about and how good you you saw Mitchell Trubisky play at times, like that loss feels terrible. And I completely understand any Bears fan who's furious that they lost that game because you were thinking that's Brock Os- that's Brock bleeping Osweiler on the other side and the Bears weren't able to get a pass rush, some of that is some credit to Adam Gase, who I thought for a a game plan for a backup quarterback that's got some problems, that was excellent. What are you going to do to mitigate the Bears' pass rush? I know, we're going to get the ball out quick. They did it. They were running these, you know, wide rescre- wide receiver screens. They were flipping sides on each one of those screens. And the Bears didn't tackle well. So they weren't able to get to Osweiler 
well enough. They didn't sack him at all. And there was there wasn't a ton of pressure. And when he did get the ball out quick, the Bears didn't make plays on it. The Bears weren't able to get a guy down. And that's what ends up costing them. If your offense scores, if you're able to generate these type of points from your offense, you're you're getting 28, you should win. With a defense which is as good as we all think the Bears' defense can be, you should win that game. But they didn't. And now Tom Brady's coming to town. Tom Brady and Gronk and Bill Belichick who owns young quarterbacks. I think the the number is 1 in 44 of quarterbacks that are under 25. Now that takes out two playoff losses that the Patriots have had to young quarterbacks. But still, I'm looking forward to seeing Mahomes versus them, but now you're asking you're going to have Nagy go head up against Belichick and you're going to have Belichick go head up against Mitchell Trubisky. And see if they can confuse or put him in some bad positions. And that's not where you wanted to be. You wanted to be four and one, riding high. So it was a it clearly was a missed opportunity for the Bears in this game. And and on top of it, I'm sure Khalil Mack will be fine. I'm sure he'll be fine. But the fact that you had that guy get hurt and he had to have that ankle heavily taped and then you didn't see the rest of the defense make up for him not being himself. If it were the other way around, he covers up a lot of mistakes that the defense makes. He's able to help a lot of people by the way that he plays. It would have been nice to have seen the rest of the defense kind of have his back when he wasn't having his best game. But they weren't able to generate enough pressure. They weren't able to tackle. You had guys who were loafing out there too, which is terrible. I mean, I think Eddie Jackson is going to look at the tape of this game and be horrified with what he sees from a tackling standpoint because it was horrible. It was really awful. And I give him credit, like late in the game when they were running the wide receiver screens, he was starting to come downhill and make some plays, but they just weren't able to make enough plays. And now you're at three and two. And, you know, the Vikings won, and we'll see what the Packers do. But it's uncomfortable now. The Bears had the luxury of comfort had they won the game today. No matter what happens in the division, and honestly, no matter what happens next week, they had the, the, the benefit of comfort had they won. And they let that go by, by not being able to tackle in space, in space, and then losing the game. It's, it is terribly frustrating. I completely understand that. Let me get to some of your comments and some of your questions because I know that you have them. I threw it out on Twitter. And if you want to email the the podcast, feel free, whether it's about the Bears or if you like some of the guests and or you want to talk about who I should put on the podcast in the regular form, the interviews each week, House of L Podcast at gmail.com. 
is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Go to ChicagoWolves.com. Go get some tickets. Go see the Wolves. I think you'll enjoy their product. It's a good, entertaining product. And they are a sponsor of our show, which makes them great. Go get brunch at Melly Cafe this past weekend. I think you'll love that place, too. Okay, here are some of your comments and some of your questions. It's from Jose. Trubisky's interception is like he felt they were going to blow out the Dolphins, and he figured, why not make that throw? We're going to win anyway. I, I don't see it that way, uh, Jose. I appreciate the, the, the email, I mean, the tweet. I don't see it that way. I think he was trying to make a play. This from Main Floor Music. Okay. If the decision was to run on third down in OT, why not get the ball in the middle of the field instead of kicking from the right hash? It's possible that that's where Cody Parkey likes to kick from. I don't, I, I can't answer that with 100% assurity. I just know that there are some kickers who prefer the hashes in versus the middle because of the way that they kick. I wish that they would have had a more aggressive call on that third down myself. This from Brett. Lawrence, you're the truth. The Bears lost due to red zone turnovers, period. It's hard to deny it when you have a fumble at the goal line, you have the interception in the end zone. Those are things that get you beat all the time. All the time. This from Martin. On a scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you about Prince with the hammy coming up? lame prince mukamara left the game with a, a hamstring injury i thought bryce callahan balled out today i got shouted down by alex on this one because the defense gave up 28 points and i understand his point of view but i thought bryce callahan played today i i had a lot of respect for his game as far as the mukamara goes i i feel like he's just a guy so and maybe I'm not giving him enough credit as a player, but I, I, I don't feel like the wins and losses are hinged on whether or not Prince of Mukamara is okay. This from Yemi, who says, why did Nagy let 20 seconds run off the clock, take a timeout, only to take a knee to end the fourth quarter? I didn't like the use of the timeouts before Miami punted. You're at your own seven. It doesn't make sense to try and push the ball down the field. It truly doesn't. I think that that's one of those risk reward things where I would side on being conservative. I didn't like how he handled the timeouts leading to the punt though. You call a timeout, you save some time, you put a punt block on, you see what's cracking. Let's see. It's from Eric. Belichick is going to tear this team apart and Nagy will have zero answers. Do you think Nagy can out coach any other winning coach? To me, he cannot. He just He's just blessed with a team, a solid team. I think Matt Nagy is a very interesting, prepared, and fun-to-watch coach. Can he out-coach Bill Belichick? I would be stupid to say yes to that. But I will also tell you that it's not as if Bill Belichick is undefeated. This is probably as confident as you can be going into a game with Patriots from an offensive standpoint. They got to get some stuff fixed on defense. No doubt about it. Let's see. Let's try to do one more here. People talking about the overtime. This from Ross. 
Today was the game where the offense is supposed to pick up the defense per Nagy. They didn't. However, every game I've seen them improve on what they did poorly the week before. So I guess what's a realistic outcome for the season? I still have questions, but like I told you, I felt like this was a huge game. A huge game. I thought it was the biggest game of the season. And they weren't able to come through with the win. And again, the offense scored 28 points. I can't be mad at a team that scores 28 points. The defense should have, when they were given second and third life, they got to make a stop. You got to stop Brock Osweiler because he's trash. You know it. I know it. The man is trash. He's 6'7". Apparently not trash against the Bears, though. Because whether it was with the Broncos, I was at Soldier Field when he lit the Bears up at Soldier Field, or with the Texans and he lit the Bears up then, and now with Miami, that man loves to see the Bears. Loves it. Can't get enough. But I do appreciate your tweets. Is there anything else that I left out about this game? I'm going through the game book as it, as it stands right now. And, I, I again, I walk away from this game feeling as if the Bears did a lot of things right, but they didn't close the door. And, and it's it stinks. Like, it feels, it really does feel awful. So I, I do understand the frustration that you're probably feeling about this Bears team as they now get ready for... T- like, that's it. Oh, like Tom Brady's coming. It, it's, it's like a... It, it's like the big bad wolf is getting ready to blow your house down. Like anybody but that guy, right? Well, maybe the other guy. Like, you probably wouldn't want to see Aaron Rodgers next week either. But you know what I mean. It's, it's any other, uh, instead of the Packers or or the Patriots, anyone else in the league you'd love to see coming into Soldier Field next week. But here we are. And and now the, the Bears find themselves back in a dog fight. So thanks for listening. I don't know if it helps you any, but that's my analysis on the game. I'll have more on the score tomorrow along with some sound from Nagy and Trubisky and the locker room and all sorts of stuff. They lose. There's some good. There's also some bad. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, at Lawrence W. Holmes is where you can find me. You can also email the podcast, houseofellpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for watching on NBC Sports Chicago today. I truly appreciate that. We have a good time doing that show. And I appreciate you listening to the podcast every week. The numbers look great. I'm happy about it. The Chicago Wolves, you sponsor the podcast. They're happy about it as well. See you on the score, 6 o'clock Monday. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.